never changes in this world. God never does. People around us may change. Our circumstances may change. We change. But our Lord never does, right? So no matter what we see around us, no matter how crazy, how out of control this world may seem, take heart because God is still on His throne. He's still in control and He never changes. We're going to open our service this morning singing this song, You Are God Alone. You're unchangeable, Lord. You're unshakable. You're unstoppable. That's what you are. You are God alone. You are not a God created by human hands. You are not a God dependent on any mortal man. You are not a God in need of anything we can give by your plan. That's just the way it is. You are God alone from your poor time
God alone, and he's still on his throne. In Mark 12, 28, we, we read, one of the teachers of the law came and heard them debating, noticing that Jesus had given them a good answer. He asked this, he said, of all the commandments, what is the most important? The most important one, answered Jesus, is this, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And that's it. Love him with all of ourselves. And doesn't he make it easy to love him? He's done so much for us, and he continues to do so much for us every day, that all-out love should be our natural response. So we're going to sing this sweet Maranatha song this morning. Sing with us. You shall love the Lord. Oh, Lord. 
and adoration. We worship Him in spirit, but one day soon, one day soon our praise will be face to face. Our brother Dave shared it this morning. We will see Him as He is. We're going to be singing our songs to Him as our eyes meet His, and we behold the one who gave His all for us. It's coming soon, friends. Are you excited about that? We are in the last days, and we wait with hope and we wait with anticipation for that soon coming day when the trumpet will sound, when he will split the eastern sky and come riding on the clouds to take us home to be with him. We're going to close the singing this morning with the days of Elijah. Behold, he comes riding on the clouds, shining like the sun at the trumpet call. Yes, lift your voice. It's the year of Jubilee. And out of Zion's hill, salvation comes. Sing with us. days of Elijah, declaring the word of the Lord. And these are the days of your servant Moses, righteousness being restored. And though these are days of great trials, of famine and darkness and sore, Still we are the voice in the desert crying, Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Behold, He comes, riding on the clouds, Shining like the sun at the trumpet call. Lift your voice, it's the year of Jubilee, And out of Zion's hill, salvation comes. The days of Ezekiel, the dry bones becoming as flesh. And these are the days of your servant David, rebuilding a temple of praise. And these are the days of the harvest, the fields are as white in the world. Declaring the word of the Lord, behold, he comes, riding on the clouds, shining like the sun, at the trumpet call, lift your voice, 
Good morning. When I was just a young lad, not that I'm old now, right, Alan? Not that I'm old now. But when I was about 12, 13 years old, I used to go to an assembly in Oakland, and I used to love to sing the hymns. And I would sing them and learn them, and that's where I learned them all from. All those days and all those years, and I love to sing these songs. And they have such powerful words, as well as the tunes. I could see everybody was enjoying that last one, I'm telling you. It has such a rousing tune to go along with the words. And we're living in the last days. And we need to stand for the Lord because he's coming soon. And we're very thankful that we can gather together in his name this morning. Shall we just open in a word of prayer? Father, we pray that you will speak to our hearts through your word today. We need you so much. We love you so much. And we thank you for all the things you allow to happen in our lives for our good, for our growth, and for our edification. Sometimes they're difficult to endure, Lord, the trials that we have, but we pray that you'll give us the grace which is sufficient for us. As Paul prayed three times that you would remove that thorn from his flesh, three times you respond to him, my grace is sufficient for you. And we thank you that your grace is sufficient for us, Lord. No matter whether it's something physical or mental or emotional or financial or whatever our needs are, 
whatever our situation is. And so we pray that you will speak to our hearts today through your word. Please hide me behind the cross, Lord. May you be glorified, Lord Jesus. And we pray in your precious name. Amen. You know, trials are inevitable. They're going to happen in our lives. If we've avoided it up until this point, we're very fortunate. But I'm sure many of us, if not all, have experienced one or more trials in our lives, and some of them are very difficult to go through. And what our brother Wayne is going through right now is very difficult. And even if you've not been in that kind of a situation before, you can imagine. And it's very hard on him, but even more so on Barbie. And we need to lift up both of them. And we need to pray for each other. And we need to use the prayer list every day and pray for each other because that is our strength. That is where God answers our prayers. The title of our message today is The Reaction to Trials. You know, in physics, they have the phrase that goes like this. For every action, there is an equal or opposite reaction. And so too, when we go through trials, there's going to be a reaction. And we're going to have a reaction to it. Sometimes it's not always a good reaction, as soon as the trial happens in our life. But we need to realize that when God does allow those things to happen, it's for a purpose, it's for a reason, and it's for a time. It comes to pass. It's not going to last forever. But God knows how much we can take and how much we need to take in order for us to grow in our faith and to become more like Christ. And it's a growth process. And so today we're going to look at three things and three reactions toward trials that come. Number one, don't get mad. Number two, don't be sad. But number three, be glad. And I like that. And it's three simple words and they all rhyme together. Mad, sad, or glad. And these are the reactions we can have to our trials. One day a singer by the name of Louis Albert Banks, or a man named this, tells of an elderly Christian man who was a fine singer who learned he had cancer of the tongue and that surgery was required. Can you imagine if the doctor came to you, had an appointment tomorrow, doctor came to you and told you something like this. Well, in the hospital, after everything was ready for the operation, the man said to the doctor, Are you sure, doctor, I will never sing again? The surgeon found it difficult to answer his question. He simply shook his head, no. The patient then asked if he could sit up for a moment. I've had many good times singing the praise of God, he said, and you know you can tell me I can never sing again. I have one song that I will make my last. It will be of gratitude and praise to God. There in the doctor's presence, the man sang softly the words of Isaac Watts' hymn, I'll praise my maker while I have breath. And when my voice is lost in death, praise shall employ my nobler power. My days of praise shall ne'er be past while life and thought and being last or immortality endures. I can imagine if you lost your ability to sing. You were a singer and you lost your ability to sing. Or if you were a musician and you lost your ability to play your instrument. Or you were a preacher who could no longer preach. It's difficult. 
it's difficult. One of the hardest things for me to lately is I haven't been able to run like I used to. And it's very difficult, so I've tried to make the best. I do walking, I walk fast, I try to get a good workout in, because God knows. But whatever our trial, whatever God allows is always for the good. And if he takes something away from us, he's going to give something back better. He really is. He always does. And our text this morning is Psalm 119 and verse 71. Now, Psalm 119 is a very long chapter. And if I was to read this chapter today, it would take a long time to read it. It has 176 verses in it. And it's all organized by the Hebrew alphabet in structure. And it goes through. And verse 71 of this chapter says this. And we don't know who the writer of this psalm is. It doesn't say a psalm of David or it doesn't have any title to it. But it's, it's based on the word of God. Almost every verse in this 119th psalm is based on the scripture. And it says, it is good for me that I have been afflicted, that I may learn your statutes. Yes, it is good for me that I have been afflicted, that I may learn your statutes. Yes, God is the author, really, of all of the scriptures. And he gives us his word to comfort us and to encourage us and give us the way to live in our lives. And we do face our trials. And we can react in these three ways. We can either get mad, or we can be sad, or we can be glad. And it's a choice. It's a choice. Now, we don't have a choice to receive the trials. God sends them. God allows them in our lives. It's not by our own choosing. But our choice is this, how we react to those trials. How we allow God to speak to us and teach us through those trials. That's our part. That's what we have a part in. And we can choose our attitude, and we can choose our reaction. Well, the first reaction is, don't get mad. And a lot of times when bad things happen in life, and difficult things happen, whether it's accidents, injuries, illnesses, calamities, whatever it might be, one of the primary reactions of the flesh is to get mad. It's to blame somebody else. Sometimes we get mad at the Lord for allowing it in our lives. Lord, why do I have to go through this? There's so many other things I could go, go through. Why, do, why does this happen to me? And we get angry. This happened to Jonah in the book of Jonah. He got angry, and the Lord had to deal with his anger issue. And you know, when you go through a severe trial, sometimes you get mad. And that's not a good reaction to have. And we play what is called the blame game. The blame game. And so we take off the attention of ourselves and we blame somebody else. My wife's fault. My husband's fault. My kid's fault. My boss's fault. My neighbor's fault. Oh, we can find a lot of people to blame. And sometimes we even blame ourselves, which isn't too often, but sometimes we do. We get angry, and that's not a good reaction to have. Wayne W. Dyer said, all blame is a waste of time. No matter how much fault you find with another, and regardless of how much you blame him, it will not change you. The only blame, the only thing that blame does is keep the focus off you when you are 
going through these external things. And we succeed in making others feel guilty and by blaming them, but it doesn't change our circumstances or make us happy at all. Blaming God is wrong. Blaming others is wrong. And we have to take a step backwards and say, Lord, it's not right to get mad. They have a phrase on TV where they're talking about these trash bags, and they, I don't know if they still have the, the slogan on TV, but they said, don't get mad, get glad. And they're talking about glad bags that you put your trash in that are strong and everything like that. But it's true, we shouldn't get mad. And that's what happened with Jonah. As soon as the Lord told Jonah to go and preach to the Ninevites, he got mad. And he got on the first ship going in the wrong direction, the opposite direction. He was in rebellion and disobedience to God. And there he was. And then the storm hit on the sea. And then they found out it was Jonah's fault because he was there. He was disobeying the Lord. And he said, throw me into the water. They threw him in. And the great fish swallowed him. And we know the story. And finally, he was obedient to the Lord. And he preached to the Ninevites. And there was 120,000 people that repented of their sins and came to the Lord, and still Jonah was mad. Still Jonah wasn't happy. And there he was outside the city, and we know the story. Sylvia's preached on that before. God allowed him to be under a nice shady plant that grew up, and it was really nice, and he really appreciated it. And all of a sudden, God sent a worm. And that worm ate the plant. And the plant shriveled up and died, and Jonah got so angry, and the sun beat down on him. And the Lord said to him, is it right for you to be angry? No, it's not right for us to be angry. We should not be angry when trials come. We should be thankful for them. Even though they're difficult, God has a purpose in it, and therefore we shouldn't be mad. We shouldn't be mad. Secondly, we should not be sad. And so many times we play the blame game, but the other game we play, and it's like you play games, in life, like little kids, we're like little kids sometimes, we play the self-pity game. And that's a game that nobody likes to play. Because whether you're the host of the self-pity game, or you're the guests at the self-pity party, you know, it's, it's never a pleasure for, for these things at all. And when Elijah went through that that uh, trial he went through, he, he had the victory over all the prophets of Baal, and God gave a great victory, and all of a sudden Jezebel comes up and says, your days are numbered, Elijah. I'm coming after you, and we're going to kill you and everything. And, jo and Elijah flees, and he got so discouraged, he despaired even of life itself. He got very discouraged. And discouragement is one of the ways that we get defeated in our Christian life. If we allow the devil to get us down and discouraged. We shouldn't allow it. Now, there's going to be times where things are tough, but we've got to keep going. We've got to keep persevering. We've got to keep trusting in the Lord. Years ago, I heard an expression, and I'm not sure who the author is of this expression, but it's so true. Pain is inevitable. Misery is optional. And I really like that, true, because it's true. Pain is inevitable. We're going to have some kind of pain. It might be physical, mental, emotional, whatever type of pain we have. That's inevitable. It's going to happen. Trials are going to happen. But our reaction to them is how we respond. And that's why it says misery is optional. And 
People that are miserable, we don't like to be around them because they are miserable. And one thing that will happen is you can be a happy person, but if you spend time with miserable people, people that are uh, sad and downcast and, and discouraging, it kind of rubs off on you. And it's, it's tough. But the Lord does not want us to be sad. He doesn't want us to go around frowning all the time, going around like, woe is me, here it's happened to me again. No. God wants us to be positive. He wants us to be prayerful. And he wants us to be persevering. And when we go through these trials, if we put our focus on Jesus and off of ourselves, we won't be sad. We won't be mad and we won't be sad because our trust is in the Lord Jesus Christ. If anybody could have gotten mad or been sad, it would have been the Lord Jesus because look what he went through. He was arrested, falsely accused, beaten, mocked, scourged, crucified on the cross, and he was totally innocent. But he didn't retaliate. He didn't revile them back after they treated him like that. He is our example of how we should handle situations that come into our lives. Not to get mad and not to be sad, but as we said, to be glad. And I love this because the word glad is another word for joy or happiness, when you're glad. And you don't oftentimes associate trials with gladness or joy or happiness, but they are in the scriptures. And only a Christian can rise to that level of being able to rejoice in our trials. Isn't that true? I mean, only Christians who know the Lord have that power of the Holy Spirit that can rejoice even under the most difficult of trials. And it's so true. And in Psalm 119 and verse 67, in this same portion that we've been reading this morning, before I was afflicted, the psalmist said, I went astray, but now I keep your word. You know, if God left us to our own selves, didn't bring any trials into our lives, didn't allow any sadness, any pain, any difficulties, we would not grow one iota. We would not make any progress at all. But when God allows affliction and trials to come, he knows where he wants to take us to the next level, to grow us to the next level. And one of my favorite portions is in the New Testament is James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4, because here James writing to the believers, he says, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience or endurance, or perseverance. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Yes, the Christians in the New Testament went through many fiery trials. Peter speaks of them as fiery trials. He says, don't think of it as a strange thing, like something strange is happening. You're going to go through these things. And one of the reasons we can rejoice in our trials, that we can be glad, is really there's four reasons. Number one is the lessons the Lord has to teach us. He's our teacher, and he wants us to learn the lessons. Now, he knows we're a little bit uh, slow sometimes learning these lessons on our own, so he has to bring his trials into our lives to get us to grow and to learn, and to learn the lessons. So the, really, the first thing is, when trials come, we should say, Lord, what are you teaching me through this? What do you want to show me through this? What, am I doing anything wrong that I need to change? Is there 
did I say something wrong to somebody? Did I do something wrong to somebody? Check ourselves. It's like you have to check yourself and see. And then if there's nothing there, great, we move on to the next step. We find grace to help us through it. You know, if you never had a trial, you would never know God's grace. And one of my mentors and one of my teachers, Bill McDonald, went years, and Bill can testify to this. He went years, Bill McDonald, he went years without having any major trials. Oh, he spoke on about trials, and he taught about trials, and he, he wrote a commentary on trials, but when it happened to him, it was like a ton of bricks hit him. It really hit him hard because he had never before experienced that kind of trial in his own life. It's one thing to read about it. It's, an, it's one thing to see it in other people's lives. But when it happens to you, you feel a certain empathy and a certain sympathy for what other people are going through because you've gone through it too. And I really find over the years that that's what the Lord has taught me, is to empathize with people, to sympathize with them. The third thing we learn from our trials that help us to rejoice is our faith and dependence on God expands. It grows because he has taken us through these things and he's given us greater faith. When Moses went through these things and Abraham went through these things, they learned from the Lord. And one of the things that Abraham learned is to really where his faith was at because his faith faltered a little bit at certain times. But when God asked him to take his son, his only son Isaac, and go up to Mount Moriah and offer him there as a sacrifice, Abraham didn't argue. Abraham didn't question. Abraham didn't doubt. He trusted the Lord. And up until that moment where he had the knife in his hand, he was about to plunge it into Isaac's heart, God stopped him and he says, Now, Abraham, I know that you fear me. Now I know. He tested his faith. He expanded it to the ultimate level. And it was amazing. And number four is we need to find that our trials come to pass, not to stay. And aren't we God of that? Sometimes we, the trials come and we say, when, they are, when they're done, we say, thank you, Lord, that one's over. Thank you. That was a tough one, Lord. But I got through it with your help. Abraham Lincoln had this same kind of thought because he used to use this same expression, this too shall pass away. And this word was engraved on an emerald given to an eastern king by his daughter. Unable to control his anxious moments, he asked his wise men for a motto suitable alike for prosperity and adversity. It would work for both, like a two-headed coin. And after many suggestions had been rejected, his daughter gave him an emerald with this inscription upon it, this too shall pass away. You know, it's like when you're in school and you're taking a class and you don't like the professor, or you don't like the subject, or you don't like the people in the class, whatever it is, don't worry, that class will be over soon. And I used to like it in, when I went to Cal State Hayward, although it's called Cal State East Bay now, which that's another story for another day, but I, I don't like the name change, to put it mildly, but when we went to this school, it was on a quarter system, so it went so fast. 
you had a good class, it was great. It went fast, too. But if you had a bad one, it went fast. And it was over in a quarter instead of over in a semester. And God knows whether our trials should last a quarter or they should last a semester or they should last for the whole school year, right? God knows what we need and when we need it. And so that's why it's important for us to react to our trials with gladness, with thankfulness, and with joy. Someone once said, God has not promised skies always blue, flower-strewn pathways all our life through. God has not promised sun without rain, joy without sorrow, peace without pain. But God has promised strength for the day, rest for the labor, light for the way, grace for the trials, help from above, unfailing sympathy, undying love. Our God is so good. He has so many promises in his word. And all we have to do is read them, meditate on them, study them, claim them for our lives, and he'll get us through the most difficult path. So let's remember today there are three ways we can react to our trials, and two of them aren't good. They oftentimes say in football, uh, the forward pass, there's three, bad things, uh, three things that can happen with the forward pass, and two of them are bad. One is the pass can be thrown, and it can be incompleted. That's bad. The other thing that's even worse is when the pass is thrown, it's intercepted. And sometimes they run it back for a touchdown. That's called a pick six. So two things about the forward pass can go wrong. The third thing is it can be completed and even completed for a touchdown. And the same thing happens to our trials. We shouldn't be mad and get mad at God or get mad at others or blame God or blame others. And we shouldn't be sad and get down and say, woe is me and have a pity party. And if you do, don't invite me, please. Because nobody likes to go to a pity party, especially somebody else's pity party. Our own pity parties are bad enough, so let's not invite others to join us in that. But it's very important. And the third way is to be glad and to rejoice because God is teaching us. He's training us. He wants to develop us to such a level that we'll be mature saints, that we can handle what he sends our way. I don't know what your day is, or week has been like this past week. I don't know what your week is going to be this week. We don't even know what our lives are going to be this week. What could happen Monday morning, Tuesday, whatever it is, our lives are in God's hands. What he's given us, he's given us life right now to thank him, to praise him, and to serve him. So let's not be mad. Don't get mad. Don't be sad but be glad and know that God has a plan for your life and for my life and he wants us to be conformed to the image of Christ. Shall we just close in a word of prayer? Our Heavenly Father, we thank you today for the trials that you allow in our lives. Many of them are not easy to take and we, we don't like them. Our flesh doesn't like them. But we thank you that they're good for us, Lord, and the psalmist acknowledged that and we acknowledge it as well. And we just pray, Lord, that whatever you allow this week in our lives, that it will be for our training and for our teaching and for our growth, Lord. Help us to trust you. Help us to know how much you love us. And when you love us, you allow the trials. You allow them because you love us, not the opposite. And we just pray, Lord, that we will trust you and follow you and walk by faith we thank you for all the things we've been through in the past that have led us to this point. 
and we look forward to how you're going to take us to the next level. And we pray, Lord, until you come, that we will serve with all our heart, with all our soul, and with all our mind. Lord, please help us to love you and obey you. We ask this in Jesus' precious name.